But I think the main things is at the end of the day, volleyball is volleyball. It's in the same nine by nine court, and the rules are the same. So we. Uh, <laughs> is that on the back of your shirt? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's on the back of your shirt. <laughs> you did, you did. A little free shout out for you. Um, and it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the net. You need to still execute to the best of your ability if you want a chance to win. That's right, boys and girls. Welcome back. This is a very special episode of the 9x9, the 81 square meters of the best volleyball coverage on the internet. Uh, we're talking about the Women's World Championship today. Uh, my name is Rob St. Clair, live from Chicago. That is Everett DeLorme, live from Everett. Where on earth are you right now? <laughs> uh, I'm uh, in basically almost northern Ontario at Killarney Provincial Park right now. Um, I'm sitting by the fire. And uh, yeah, it's about five degrees Celsius out right now. So it's 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 a little it's a little chilly. Yeah, you're you're bundled up. You got the hat. You got the fire. And this is just just so the people know, these are the links that we go to bring you the 81 square meters of the best volleyball coverage on the internet. These are the links that we go. Everett is in the middle of nowhere. He is sitting outside. It is cold by a fire. And uh, here we are doing a show. So uh, that is amazing. Uh, Everett, we were just we were just talking before the show. We were pulling up stats on your. You have a computer there with a hotspot, and you said that your computer literally turned off because it was too cold for it to operate. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the uh, the MacBook Pro Metal is usually a really nice finish. Not when it's five degrees out. It kind of hurts to touch yeah, right now. Cold. So um, yeah, I'm. I'm just luckily I did some good research before this one because I'm going to be going in blind without without any of my stats. But it's been <clears throat> a fantastic second half of of pool play. But Rob, now that the first run's done, I kind of feel that like this is when the tournament really gets started. I think that's really well said. I I, I was not I was I just wasn't really thrilled. I wasn't really feeling it after the first half of pool play uh, the last show we did was on tuesday and there hadn't really been all that much that had happened to that point but since then uh from wednesday's matches on to uh, even the matches earlier today there have been some bangers and now that we know uh, the teams that are moving on to the second phase of this carryover pool play thing it, it does seem like the tournament really starts now so uh you want to jump in first ever to, to just to who made it out and then we can break down the matches that we just saw the last couple of days Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's dive into this thing. It is now decided. Uh, pool play is over. We are getting ready to move on to the phase two of pools, uh, after which all, all the standings from the first phase carry over. Uh, this all starts on October 4th, uh, which is Tuesday. So no matches tomorrow, Monday, uh, but all these matches are starting to get going uh, on Tuesday, October 4th. And uh, we are now down to two pools of eight. And they're called pools, but I'm going to call them groups because it's not really a pool because they're not playing everyone else in the pool. Uh, so let's take a look first at Group E, uh, which has the teams that fed in from pools A and D. Uh, so the teams that made it out of Pool A, Italy, Belgium, the Netherlands, and Puerto Rico. And then I'm coming out of Pool D, China, Japan, Brazil, and Argentina. So those eight teams make up Group E. And uh, the format of this is pretty simple. Um, if, if you're on the left side of that line on the screen, so the, the teams that came out of Pool A, each of them will, will play four matches against each of the teams from Pool D, and then vice versa. So you are playing everybody in your pool except the teams that you've already played. So everybody's going to play four matches over the next four or five days. And very importantly, all the standings that, that 
all the, the points, the wins, the set ratio, all of that from the first five matches of the original round of pool play, all of that carries over to this round. And we'll look at those standings in just a second. But those are the teams going at it in Group E. You won't see any rematches. Italy, Belgium, Netherlands, and Puerto Rico already played one another. But each of them will take on all four of China, Japan, Brazil, and Argentina in Group E. Uh, similarly, looking at Group F, uh, you got the teams from Pool B that made it out. Turkey, Thailand, Dominican Republic, and Poland. All four of them survived that pool of death, which we'll get into. And uh, coming out of Pool C, on the other side of that line, Serbia, the United States, Canada, and Germany. The same thing. All the standings will carry over. And uh, so by the end of this, everybody will have played nine matches. And the top four teams from each of these groups of eight will advance to the round of eight. I think we got Everett on a little bit of a delay. Anything to add to that, Everett, or can we jump into how nope. this is going to go? Yeah, no. Honestly, I I think there's obviously Pool E is 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 slightly weaker in in my opinion in, in my opinion than Pool F. Uh, when you've got Puerto Rico and Argentina over there, I just think that both of those teams are, are slightly weaker than than uh, Canada and Germany on on the low end uh, on the on the uh, of Pool F. But you know, as I said. And this is really when the tournament starts now. Looking at the schedule and what we're going to have in terms of different matches going forward, like like now I'm excited to go and sit down and, and watch this because I, I think we're, we're really in for a really good second round. Yeah, I completely agree. The, the, the cream is starting to rise to the, to the top of this tournament. You're not going to have any like fodder teams for free wins like a Kazakhstan or a Korea or... Uh, whoever like Kenya Cameroon like those teams aren't in the picture anymore every match is almost every match is likely to be extremely competitive so I'm looking forward to it Uh, let's jump back to earlier in the week and go through kind of like we did on the last show where we took a look at each pool like within each pool looked at all the matches that we have to catch up on let's start with pool a so uh, here's the final standings of Pool A. Uh, Italy moves on a perfect 5-0, and a perfect 15 points, only dropped two sets the entire tournament. Uh, Puerto Rico survives. Puerto Rico beats Kenya head-to-head to grab the, the fourth-place spot, and they survive. Uh, the two African teams, Kenya and Cameroon, their tournament is over. And then, uh, very interestingly, it's Belgium that comes in in second place. Uh, after we talked on Tuesday, Everett, that was the, the same day that Belgium had lost that crazy match to Italy, like 25-9 in the, in the fourth or whatever it was. And uh, Belgium responded, and they beat the Netherlands in the Netherlands. And I think that's really the, that and then the Netherlands losing to Italy. Those are the, the two kind of matches I want to talk about in this pool. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think for Belgium, it was a huge statement match. And I personally thought that they were going to kind of be dead. Like, I wondered if that, that was going to be in the nail in the coffin, the way that they lost that match to, to Italy. But they bounce back nicely uh, against the Dutch. And, I mean, Britt Her- Herbots is just humming. And this is a team that looks destined. They, they want to make some noise. They, they want to prove that, that they belong and, and really prove that they should be in VNL. And I think it's even more so now the fact that Korea was, like, promptly outed and was, you know, is, is gone just like they, they should be from, from VNL. So I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised and, and really happy to see uh, the, this Belgium team bounce back the way they have. I think that's well said. I mean, Belgium, it, it's, it sucks. We've talked about it a lot this summer, their situation. Right now, there's really nothing on the line but, but world ranking points, which is going to be really important for them if they're going to try to get back 
to the VNL in the near future, they're going to need to be as high in the world rankings as they can possibly be. And uh, wins like this over the Dutch, who are a perennial VNL team, that'll certainly help. Uh, Britt Herbots, I-, I don't know how many matches I've ever seen at-, at the national team level, men's or women's, when an attacker reaches the 40-point mark. 41 points ludicrous 41 points is just absolutely bananas and it's 38 for 84 attacking with only seven errors and that was that's the difference between this like this stat line and and the the italy stat line when herbots had so many continues and and a few too many errors obviously ridiculous like all-time absurd level of volume at 84 attempts but very few errors and a whole lot of attack points. One of the great attacking performances I've ever seen. Yeah. And I mean, once again, like she is, she wants to prove a point right now and she's doing it all on her own, right? Like she's putting the team completely on her back. He's at 83 sets. That's, that's ludicrous. It's ridiculous. But I also, it's also, it can't be understated how important it was for Belgium to get, all three points from the four matches they did. And I mean, like, let's be honest, how close they were to be getting at least one point from the, from the Italy match as well. Right. So the fact they have the, the full 12 points moving forward into round two kind of puts Belgium in a really, really good spot to sneak a quality, like a, a quarterfinal qualification in. It absolutely does. Like we'll look at the standings of the, the kind of groups of eight later on and see how things stand up. Because if you think about it, like everybody's played five matches now and you're only going to have nine in the bank by the time you're, you're either going, moving on to the round of eight or you're going home. And so mm-hmm. we, can, we can already kind of see who's positioned themselves well at this point. Absolutely. And Belt, the difference between 12 and nine is massive, huge difference. And this, this head-to-head match... Uh, between the neighbors of Belgium and the Netherlands uh, was a really big one for that. And I mean, I don't really have that much more to add to this match, except Britt Herbots was just on another level. 41 points is insane. Yeah, I mean, let's see how long she can keep it going for, though. There's still, you know, we, we, as you said, five matches is a lot, but there's still at least four more, maybe a quarterfinal match in there, too. So, and then now they're even harder, right? There's no gimme right. matches against right. Korea and Kenya and, who, and whoever else. Yeah, and man, poor Brit Herbot. She's whoever I think she is uh, playing for Firenze this year in Italy, if I remember correctly. Uh, th- when she shows up there, she is already going to be gassed for the season. But she's, as we've seen, she's going to lay it all out on the line for the Belgian national team as she's done the entire summer. So, yeah, good for Belgium. Uh, the Netherlands, I mean, tough loss here. I would have liked them, like to see them do a little bit better in terms of understanding the matchup. I mean, we saw how Italy was able to defend against Britt Herbots and kind of put her in a cage there at the end of that match. Uh, Netherlands couldn't quite repeat that feat. I mean, all these sets were close. With the exception of the first, everything was a two-point game. Uh, Netherlands still playing at home. They have a slightly easier pool. Maybe they can grab a spot in the round of eight, but uh, it would have been a lot easier if they had won this match head-to-head. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it just seems that the Dutch are, are just missing something. You know, and it's weird too because their lineup is full of of quality players, um, but they're just they're just kind of a, st- a step behind. And I mean, once again, I, I think a lot of credit has to has to 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 go to Her- Britt Herbots for for their win. And at the end of the day, the Dutch playing Italy, like, you know, you're gonna you're gonna take Italy in that one, right? Yeah, that's that's the only other match really to talk about in Pool A that happened since the last show is uh, Italy beating the Netherlands three sets to one. Uh, it's, it's funny, the Netherlands-Belgium matchup, I, mean, I expected maybe a little bit more out of Nika Daldorop. I think she's the most 
experienced like high level wing attacker on on the Netherlands side. And funny enough, like Herbots completely outplayed Daldorop one to one. If you want to look at it that way, and it was Nika Daldorop taking a lot of Brit Herbots's playing time away this past season in Novara, uh, independent of some health issues. But uh, those two have gone back and forth a lot. They were competing head to head for playing time the whole club season, and uh, Herbots definitely got the last laugh here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, once again, she's on a tear, and it, it's too bad that the MVP has to go to, um, uh, you know, the, the team that wins it, or at least a team in the finals, because ultimately, like, I don't think anyone can deny that Britt Herbots has been the MVP of this world championship so far. Yeah, I, I, I would have to agree. Uh, anything else about Pool A before we move on? I, I really think it was only those, those top three teams where the drama was, and then the one match between uh, Puerto Rico and Kenya for fourth. Yeah, no, there's not much interesting in this pool, so let's move on. Okay, uh, let's move on to the pool of death. Now, this pool was absolutely <clears throat> bananas. Uh, talking about crazy. Pool, crazy. Talking about Pool B with Turkey, Thailand, Dominican Republic, and Poland all making it out. Uh, Korea actually won a match. They beat Croatia oh, head to head. And I, I, Croatia has to be the biggest disappointment of the tournament. I think we, we should start there before we move on to those teams at the top who all just destroyed each other the last couple of days. But Croatia, well, what happened here? They get promoted to VNL and then they lay an egg, taking only two sets at the World Championship? Yeah, I mean, that's that's really hard to see. Um, <clears throat> especially losing to Korea, like the the, the quote-unquote quote worst team that should have been out of, out of VNL. Like, right now, Belgium must be kicking themselves because of what happened at the at the Challenger Cup. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, you yeah. Know, right? So, because so, something happened there. Either... Uh, either Croatia was playing out of their mind or Belgium was just, you know, tired after, after a long VNL run. Um, but this is a serious worry for, for Croatia. And if they don't figure something out real quick, it's going to be a quick one and done in VNL for them. Because like, if they're out here losing to Korea as well, like, Hey, I mean, Hey, I kind of like it from, from my team Canada side of things. That's another win guaranteed versus going <laughs> up against Belgium and Brit Herbots definitely wasn't, but yeah, if this is what Korea is going to be bringing to the table or sorry, Croatia is going to be bringing to the table, then like, okay. Yeah. Like you're going to be there for one year and then you'll be gone. Yeah. We might be seeing Belgium in the back in the tournament faster than we expected. Yeah. I mean, we talk about all the time with club leagues and it applies to national team tournaments too. When you're a team that's new to a, a competition, whether it be the top division or early of a league or whatever, your goal in your first year is to stay there. Do not get relegated. And uh, Croatia, they better have learned some lessons after this 0-5 performance at the World Championship because if they didn't there, uh, you're absolutely right. They will be a one-and-done at VNL. Uh, yeah, I mean, now, now you're right. Teams like Canada or teams like the other challenger teams in next year's VNL on the women's side are going to be looking at Croatia as a, maybe a more favorable matchup than they would have before this tournament. 100%. And let's be honest, too. What's the odds of Korea actually being, a, you know, like someone's got someone's to look at them. Like, they, yeah, they got the one win over Croatia, but like, yikes. If they, if they're they should be a challenger team this year, I know they won't be, but yeah. Uh, but let's let's the rest of this pool though, Rob absolutely. was absolutely bonkers. Uh, even the fact too that you have Thailand who finishes in second despite having less points uh, than Dominican in third, but they ha they have more wins. Like this pool was a slaughter fest. It's exactly what we thought it, it would be. Um, I mean, Turkey really turning things around um, after the loss to to Thailand and everyone else just kind of battering each other up it, it was such a just circle of beating each other like 
haymakers all over the place and you, i mean you can see it how tight those standings are one through four two four and ones two three and twos uh 11 10 11 10 in points it's I've, I've never seen a pool like this it's been so competitive and now honestly all four of these teams are going to be serious contenders in the next round because like i would kind of look at the standings earlier for uh this second phase and if you're not already at double digit points at, through five matches you're going to struggle to get past that second round to get in that round of eight all four of these teams turkey thailand dominican republic and poland all four of them legitimate players for the rest of this tournament and i want to talk about a couple of these matches i mean the last ones that we, we talked about on tuesday's show uh it was when dominican republic 3-0 croatia and poland 3-0 thailand and then it kind of got good from there uh let yeah. me see i think i have i uh, can pull up the list yeah there we go yeah there we go so, I mean, Thailand beat Croatia. Everybody did that, whatever. But on Wednesday, uh, Turkey versus Dominican Republic and a barn burner of a five-setter, one of the best matches of the tournament so far. Yeah, 100%. Like two teams who love to slug, two teams going back and forth. I mean, it wasn't the cleanest of games. And there's definitely, like, both teams have a tendency to play a little bit of slop, sloppy volleyball. Um, but there was still some big swings in, in this one. And uh, it, it it was entertaining for the fans, not, nonetheless. I thought Dominican was going to take it. Uh, that was my call, sitting at home watching. But, hey, good up on Turkey to come back and, and uh, pull out the win. And we talked about it on last week's show. I think somebody in the chat asked us, like, okay, what's – What's Turkey's deal in these clutch situations? Why why do they tend to collapse a little bit? And my answer was that they're still, we got to remember, they're still kind of new to this elite international level. They haven't been a, a championship level contender for very long. They're still kind of ascending to that point. Winning a match like this is a huge notch in their belt to, to have been pushed to a limit like this, like go up two to one, get destroyed in the fourth, 25-16, and cling on to win in the fifth. That is a character building win for the Turkish side and that one that they'll be they'll have to call back upon that those feelings later on in this tournament I'm sure to win another match in a similar situation and like once again I think we're seeing a bit of a more of a complete game from Turkey and that they're using the the left side a little bit more Baladin is 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 there and they're not just solely relying on Karakut and they're not just solely going to the right the, the right side all the time so I I'm, I'm interested to see what they can do here in round two yeah, me too. And on the Dominican Republic side, I mean, they've got plenty of other matches to talk about. I'm uh, moving on to the next day. Uh, this was September 29th, so Thursday. Uh, Dominican Republic comes to Poland and beats the hosts in four for full points. And I was really, really impressed by that because there, there was a run at one point. I can't remember which set it was, but uh, Dominican Republic gave up a 10 to one run. Like Poland trapped them in a horrible rotation and uh, Stisiak got like three blocks and just a bunch of bad service reception and all, all sorts of just calamities uh, for Las Reinas del Caribe, as we like to call them. They completely responded after that and uh, to, to win in a hostile environment like that with the kind of physical style of play that we're seeing. We saw Bethania de la Cruz come off the bench and was awesome. Uh, Brenda Castillo was everywhere and it was that defensive spark that I think was was part of the difference. And just Brenda's you know, been a game changer for them. So Absolutely. Good. So good. <laughs> Just watching her in serve receive and how like how she communicates with with um, um, Pena and and Martinez and Dela Cruz. Obviously, when Dela Cruz is in there, like they have that like they have that that chemistry. They've been playing together for so long. But Brenda takes control of that back line and she takes so much space away too. And like she is, she's fantastic. She's 
it's really like she's really shining as one of the best liberos in volleyball like she had kind of like gone away from the spotlight because she doesn't you know like dominican hasn't really been around as much she's really been really been fantastic so far this world championship that's well said you can never underestimate the 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 true value of a difference making libero we talk about it on the men's side all the time how it's clear when you really know what you're looking at when you have a great libero who just takes command of her his or her backcourt and takes up as much space as possible and it even affects the opposing team serving game plan and all of that is true for brenda castillo so she was a real difference maker like uh, between it was it was funny the four teams in this pool let me me put up the 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 pool again three teams are pretty similar turkey dominican republic and poland are all pretty darn physical they all just love to bang bang, absolutely huge huge bangers and of and thailand is the complete opposite of that which was we'll talk about in a second was a cool wrinkle in this pool to see how that matched up the difference to me between dominican republic and like a, a poland or or a turkey is i think stisiak and karakurt are both individually better scorers than anybody dominican republic has but brenda castillo is the best libero in this pool and that that really helped equalize and make this top level of pool be so competitive yeah absolutely but i do think that the the, the dr has more um more firepower everywhere else That's like true. both of their yeah. left sides can swing yeah sure gonzalez isn't at the the level but she can still put up points like i really like gonzalez on the right side like the lefty can she her some of her thumb down shots going cross court are just ridiculous um and then as i said with both peña and martinez on the left they can bang and you've got but dela cruz coming off the bench i think uh, the dominican is is how with the depth that they have are poised to make a, a, a potential long run except i do think they're going to lose to canada that that's one thing i have to say but <laughs> I, i'm excited to, to preview that one and we'll, we'll hold you to that take but yeah the the value of like a really really rock solid fourth wing attacker that you can bring off the bench in a tournament like this which we keep saying is a marathon not a sprint a uh, very very valuable to have like Bethania del cruz once upon a time was a top five outside hitter in the world you could argue and even still uh, she's put up a couple of very good stat lines uh last but not least the other match to talk about in this pool well a couple two more matches to talk about in this pool and both of them were yesterday uh thailand beats the dominican republic in the fifth and then Turkey very similarly beats Poland. Two crazy five-set barn burners between the top four teams in this pool. I mean, hey, I, I'm pretty sure I called it that I thought Dominican Republic was going to lose to Thailand uh, early on. They're just, there's Thailand style. The Thai style is so hard to play against, against teams like this. Against teams like Brazil and, like, and Italy and even Belgium, like the teams that have a high level of, of skill already, Thailand's going to have a, a much harder time. But as we talked about, these three teams are all banger teams. They all like to swing hard, and they're, they're a little bit more aggressively and straightforward offensive, offensively. offensively. And Thai, that just kind of plays into, into their game. Um, I'm really interested to see how far they can they can ride this out because that's, two, that's, a, that's a quality win for that Thai team over a quality Dominican Republic team. Yeah, huge, huge win. And uh, the very well said about just the style counter that, that Thailand is against all th- three of the other teams in this pool, and they walk away with a bunch of success. I mean, it's crazy the kind of four-way circle that these teams all beat each other. Like, uh, the Thailand got, you remember, Thailand got stomped by Poland. 3-0 was never even close. And Poland, similarly, another just kind of banger team. But then Poland loses to Dominican Republic and loses a five-setter to Turkey uh, yesterday, which was another amazing match in what's growing to be one of my favorite rivalries in the national team game on the women's side, Poland and Turkey, like 
continue to run into one another in big tournaments, and it's always fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Two teams that are kind of similar. I'm <clears throat> sorry. And they're two teams that are trying to get into that upper echelon of world volleyball. Dominican Republic has been there obviously a little bit longer. Like they've, they've been around since like what the 2012 Olympics, they beat the United States uh, in London. And that was kind of their, their introduction to the scene. So they've already been around for, for 10 years. Uh, whereas Poland is, is trying to get into it. You know, on the Thailand side of things, you have to kind of question yourself is what would this Thai team record look like if they didn't have to travel mid tournament and play and play in Poland, huh. because that loss to Poland came after the travel day. Right. right? So if they had just started the pol- the tournament in, in Poland and had just stayed there, what would their tournament look like? Would they know at this point? Right. Or would they have still lost that match? I, I don't really know, but it's interesting to think about. And on the Polish side, and we, we were talking about it in the men's tournament, how huge of a home crowd advantage there is in general, but especially in Poland, they're all absolutely obsessed with the game. Sure enough, after that travel where Poland was made to play one match in the Netherlands and then came home, Poland loses two matches at home in this pool. I was really surprised by that. I, I thought maybe one, like maybe, I mean, there's just so many good teams in this pool. I did not expect them to lose twice. And even though they've got a bunch of points, I mean, I think they still have 10 points. Uh, yes, 10 points even with two losses is pretty good, but uh, we'll see if that comes back to bite them, even though they're going to continue playing at home for the rest of the second phase group. Yeah, I mean, once again, Poland isn't, is like we talked about Turkey, who's like kind of knocking on the door of being a great team. Poland isn't even there yet. Right. right? They're a team that you know, are, are still looking, are still looking to belong. Right. I mean, like, I'll, I'll be honest, like playing like Poland, like for, from a Canada point of view, Poland doesn't scare me. Right. I, I, I think we could, well, we losing to them is, is a possibility, but I think the pro like there's, there's also the possibility of winning. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, like both Turkey is, is can be fantastic on days and other days they aren't. And Dominican Republic has been there before. So, Tough break for for Poland, but we'll have to see how they can bounce back throughout, throughout round two. Yeah, and there's just still a lot more volleyball to be played. So, yeah, th- I mean, it was pretty clear coming in that this there, there were four main players in this pool, uh, but they all produced some crazy matches along the way, and they're all going to go into this next round with a serious shot at, at the round of eight, but it's not going to be easy for any of them, as we'll look at um, in, in the pool standings coming up. Uh, ready to move on to pool C, Everett, where uh, both of us have got some stake of in course. the game? <laughs> Absolutely. This is this is hands hands down the one that we're going to talk about the most because uh, my, my girl showed up. My girls right. did it. Did they ever, dude? You predicted it on last week's show or on on Tuesday. Like I still think that Canada can not only advance but they can get third in this pool, and they did. Uh, we, let's, we, I, we don't even need to spend that t- that much time talking about the United States. We'll spend a little, but I do want to talk about Canada quite a bit because it was kind of a three-horse race between Canada, Germany, and Bulgaria, and Canada beats both of them head-to-head, including an awesome five-set win over the Germans and are going into the second round. I mean, Everett, it's, it's the weirdest thing. I, I don't know if I, if I ever thought that in, in a given year the Canadian women would have a better world championship than the Canadian men. How about that? Well, I mean, it's never happened, right? We right. haven't. The, the Canadian women have failed to qualify for the second round since all the way back to eight, nine, like nineteen eighty-two. It's been forty years since the Canadian women women have made it past the first round at the World Championships. And the way we did it, too. I mean, like 
I I always knew, and and the, the, speaking to some of the girls in the team too, like and and some of the staff as well, like Kazakhstan, that was a gimme. That was just to get the horses going, and and we did it. We did it really well. Bounce, and then followed that up with a fantastic win uh, over Bulgaria. Kind of had to weather the storm a little little bit with Vasileva, Antonisevich, whoever whoever you want to call all that but 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 we did it well and that was the one that really clinched second round for us that's that was a massive win um but then the way we bounced back against germany i mean i woke up with a not so great hangover on a saturday morning <laughs> uh and watched that one uh and yeah losing 25 12 in the first set was not what was going to cure my hangover and it really upset me and then you know we we did better in the second but just the way that that team bounced back, Jasmine White came in and and did so well coming in off the bench, uh, which is great because that's a that's an athlete who's battled so many injuries over over the years, and um, you know, like it's so so happy for for her to to come in that way. But just you saw the team kind of build confidence and build momentum uh, towards the end of 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 that German match, and like once we hit that fifth set, like we, like we were just rolling and we we were just going and we were starting to click as a team. So love to see it. You know, those that, that set of uh, girls and athletes are making history right now for, for Canada making the second round. And I mean, the fact that we cross over with the pool uh, that we do, I'm really interested to see what happens because I mean, we beat Turkey at, at VNL. Like that's we right. Beat, we, we've beat Poland before. Like, I think, you know, Thailand where we'll have to see it stylistically. It doesn't really match up. And Dominican Republic is a team that we know really, really, really well and have great battles with. And I've had some success with against them in the past. So I'm looking at this and I, I, I don't even like, haven't really talked much with some of the girls in the team, but I know they're looking at it and licking their chops because, you know, there's no Italy, there's no Brazil. There's, you know, there's and not they already, and they already played the USA and Serbia. I mean, yeah, they're, exactly. they're, they're in a great spot. Their schedule could not have been better. I mean, you had the, the two matches you probably weren't going to win anyway first, and then mm-hmm. you had Kazakhstan third, which was which couldn't have been better. So you, you kind of take your licks, figure it out for two matches, get a free win, and then sets you up for two really competitive like character building chances to make a real statement. And they absolutely did. I mean, yeah, a reverse sweep against Germany after losing 25, 12 in the fourth, in the first, you can't overstate how impressive that is. Everett, how, how high right about now would you place Brie King in terms of world female setters? She's climbing up that list for me pretty quickly. Absolutely. I think Brie, where she really thrives is, is her leadership and the, and the way she, she leads this team. I still think she has, I once again, like I think she's phenomenal, but I'm trying not to get my hopes up too, too much uh, because I think she's, she's done a, a great job. And I still think that there's a little bit to go. The fact that she's going to play in Brazil this year, she's going to play for Bernardinho. Like she is going to learn so much and I, I, I can't wait for that. But I think she's really shown and she's really grown with the hitters that she's had, had, had around her. Like she's really, there's, there is a couple balls that she's given like to, to uh, Kira on the right side. That's putting her right to the pin. It's right exactly where Kira wants. And it's just giving her all, all, all the shots. And the same thing, like Hillary, Howe bounced one down the line against Germany. And that set was just so perfect. And there was only about a ball's width between the blocker's hands and the antenna. But how was able to hit it so perfectly? And that was because of, of Bree's set. She's really, really been growing so much. And I mean, to think about that this was an athlete who didn't think about playing for the national team, who was ready to kind of pack it up after her university's career was done. 
and was given a, an open tryout invite by by the last coach Tom Black and now here 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 she is it's 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 phenomenal and I mean I think it's just a testament also to the the entire team uh, and how, how, how we're doing. You know, we talked about how Alexa Gray was really targeted against Serbia and the USA, and she st- stepped up huge in passing. I mean, it was a little bit ugly in set one against Ens Germany, but since then, Alexa Gray has, has, has been rock solid. And, you know, looking at some of these teams, they're not fantastic serving teams like both USA and Serbia. So I'm, I'm very optimistic looking, moving forward for this, for this Canadian roster. I think that's a really good assessment. A huge, huge success uh, for the Canadian women's team this World Championship, and it is far from over. Uh, before we move on from Pool C, I do want to talk about the United States because we got, got what, what what may be a preview of one of the semifinals because, as we know, this tournament format is really, really stupid, and we're almost guaranteed to have rematches. Actually, we are guaranteed to have rematches everywhere in the rounds of eight and the round of four, which I do not like at all. But uh, there's a great chance that we see... United States versus Serbia again in the semis. Uh, and I I mean, the scoreline is not good here. Uh, if you're an American fan like myself, uh, 25-20, 25-23, 25-13 uh, was a sweep and a beatdown. I kind of saw this as a punt by Karchkurai, especially in the third. I mean, he, he, he pulled all the starters in the third set, put in Danielle Catino at opposite, who did not look good, uh, pull, put in Anna Stevenson, put in Sarah Wilhite, like... Hannah Tapp started the whole match. Uh, Ali Franti didn't see the court at all. Uh, I, like this, this felt like a bit of a punt to me, and that's that's okay because Jordan Poulter's a little banged up, and so is Justine Wangarantes. There's some minor injury concerns there. I mean, both of them played in this match, but I, I'm okay with the approach uh, to maybe take your foot off the gas a little bit against the Serbian team and put more eggs in the basket of playing them later on when it really matters. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think it's so tough to beat a team twice in one event, like in one tournament. Yes. In league play, it's different. But in a t- tournament like this, it's really hard to beat a team twice. And and how many teams do you see it? Like, even going back to the club level, you beat someone in pool play in the morning. Once you get to the playoffs in, in the afternoon, like, they've been thinking about that loss. And, and it, it, it's it's time to bounce back. And you kind of owe, like you feel like you, you owe them one. Uh, so I think that's actually not a bad position for the United States to, to be in. Uh, once again, their 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 point total is already so high that they're they're already putting themselves in a good spot, even with the, the four and one wins. Like they, unless something drastic happens, they know they're going to get the wins to be able to qualify for the quarterfinals. Um, but you know, you're right. Like seeing that stat line and seeing Miami leading the team with only six points. Um, not great. <laughs> I think it. Not no. Not not not, not great. great at all. And I think it. It. it, it you know. And on the, the other side, like this is like really the tale of two very skilled teams who are coming at it from two very different directions. Like on the the Serbia side, you've got Boskovic who's coming in massive with twenty five points in the match, and just you know the next the next big best Serbian score has eight points. Like it's not even close. She's getting Britt Herboth levels balls, and and for good reason, right? She's Tiana Boskovic. Boskovic. But on the other side, you have all of these smaller numbers on the, on the United States as they're still trying to find what works for them offensively. Like you have all of these options and they're all good, but none of them's great to be able to take the rein and being like, I'm like, put me, choose me, pick me. Yeah. I think we kind of, we're starting to see how much we miss Jordan Thompson. I think she is the closest go-to offensive player that we have in the gym and she's at least banged up enough to not even be on the roster this tournament yeah it's interesting i mean we've talked about it a lot in the women's game there are these 
teams with these absolutely elite level opposites. And then there's the United States, on the other hand, who doesn't really have that player, but is so well-rounded. And we saw how it went last summer at the Olympics. But, I mean, Boscovich today, or yesterday, 21 for 32, two errors. That's like 65% efficiency. That is blistering hot, plus three blocks and an ace. And I thought, I really thought that last year when we beat Serbia in the Olympic semifinals that we like unlocked a new level of figuring out how to defend against Boscovich. That did not happen in this match. She feasted. Never even honestly, was untouchable. Honestly, with a stat line like that, I'm almost wondering if this is like if Karch is out here playing the long game, right? Like if letting is, is her out have here, that kind of a game, it, absolutely. And like, om- like even going just going as far as like telling the team that and being like, "Yo, look, we we are just gonna like we are going to make it so nice and easy that when when we play them again in the semifinals, she comes in feeling so high and and so good about herself because she carved us up." for like 22 points off like like just attacking alone and then they just they just turn it on and play the the defensive style that we know they can you know from the olympics and just shut shut her down because like that's it's just too easy there's no there's no rhyme or reason why boscovich should be carving up the united states that easily i love that take i, I i'm wondering if if Karch is able to think and then execute that sort of a long con, but I do like it. And I guarantee you that uh, if, and when we see Serbia again, uh, Boscovich will not be hitting 60% efficiency. There will be something different done, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Serbia is certainly a great pool play phase for them, but still that, that five set win over Bulgaria is a little confusing. I'm missing out on a point there, but again, they're, they're not going to have any problems making it through the round of eight. No, d- definitely not. Um, and uh yeah and i mean hey uh, like if if we also want to talk about just the sorry are we done about done about the u.s yeah yeah i, th- I think we're done with the u.s i I'm, I'm want to monitor the health a little bit but I, I have faith in this team to execute the next four matches worth against teams that we can beat oh 100 i have no doubt about the next four matches like the usa yeah, is yeah. going going on to the quarterfinals for me it's getting past the semifinals yeah do they are, are they going to be able to do that you know without jordan thompson um, without Jordan Larson, even if we're going back to the, the to the Olympics last year, like without that kind of like quintessential go go to player, um, I think I think it's going to be interesting. I I really think it do, but I'm really looking forward to a potential USA versus Serbia rematch. Yeah, me too. So, anything else about Pool C before I move on? I mean, Germany, good for them; they make it out of this pool, but uh, with only seven points, I I don't see the the path for them going any further. Yeah, no, I think Germany is really one of those teams that suffered from the fact that the the rest of the team, like, like they didn't have another garbage like like Pool A, for example. Like the Netherlands are just eating up points there. Whereas I think Germany is a better team than what they're they're showing now stats wise. But they were just in a in a tougher pool and you know came up short against a really hot Canada uh, on Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it's funny to see Vital Heinen uh, coaching on the women's side. I keep forgetting that he's there until he pops up on my TV screen doing some shenanigans. But uh, yeah, and then uh, somebody put in the chat, good point. Uh, R.I.P. Bulgaria. Yeah, tough summer for Bulgaria, both the men's and the women's teams failing to get out of the first round. And I mean, the Bulgarian men didn't even win a match. And you could see how how devastated the Bulgarian women were after the loss to Canada, like knowing that that was going to knock them out. But they just didn't play well enough. They, they couldn't sustain any level of consistency and any any support for Elisa Vasileva. 
No, I think I think Bulgarian as a Bulgaria as like a federation needs to look at what they're doing at at different levels because yeah, you've got Nikolov, but like Nikolov is the son of a legend, and that's not really indicative of like having these one like they're not creating the, the the level of quality players that they were beforehand, and we're kind of seeing this final. Um, generation wrap up and other than Nikolov like I don't really know what they have around him and it's going to be interesting to see him and uh, especially on this women's side like once Vasileva is gone like because she's she's getting a little bit older too like what's going to happen to this Bulgarian team yeah she's this Phaeton Sokolov analog on the women's side for sure like if you and she's only going to play really big tournaments and she's got a very select few of those big tournaments left in her career so what do you do after that uh we will have to see uh, let's move on to Pool D. Uh, last but not least, talking about matches uh, that, we, that happened this week. And really the only things to talk about here, uh, other than uh, Argentina barely squeaking in, uh, but with only five points, they have absolutely no chance of making it out uh, past the next couple matches. Uh, China, Japan, and Brazil all beating one another in a triangle. Uh, China very convincingly beating Japan 3-0. Uh, Japan coming out of nowhere and beating Brazil 3-1. And then Brazil responding and beating China also 3-1. So uh, hence the 4-1, uh, all 4-1, all 12 points, uh, slightly different set ratios. But all three of them are going to be players going into the next round. Yeah, absolutely. And like the fact that they all, they're all 4-1, they all have 12 points. Like I'm sure one of them would have loved to have go five five and zero, oh, but still, like that puts them in a really really good position. And as we said, one of the teams that they have to play on the other side too is Puerto Rico, and you know that's not going to scare any of them. Like that that's a gimme. You know, as I said before, I think Pool E is going to be much easier because you've got Argentina on one side and Puerto Rico uh, on the other side. So they, each of those teams have kind of gimmies. Whereas I, I think all the way through in Pool F, you know, even going down to Canada and Germany, who are probably the two weaker teams on paper in, the, in that pool it's it's a little bit more it's a little bit more quality than uh, than pool e yeah i definitely agree with that i mean this pool d they all had just literally free matches against the bottom three teams in this pool and then they happened to all beat one another uh i mean i'm i'm kind of impressed by china honestly they, they are better than i thought they were going to be uh leeing ying is having herself a really good tournament a fourth overall in scoring right now and then uh orisa inoue is a player that i didn't really know this uh this japanese girl uh, she's 27, uh, good offensive numbers. She's fifth in the tournament in scoring. So uh, Japan has kind of got at least a couple of those horses that we weren't quite expecting them to have to compete with a team like Brazil. So Japan grabbing that win was huge. But Brazil certainly responded, and I'm not concerned about them moving forward. No, absolutely not. Definitely not concerned about Brazil. I think that that's a team that you have to look at being in that that semifinal conversation, and Agreed. you know we'd already, we'd already tagged them. It's probably going to be them in Italy, in 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 my opinion. Um, but I'm very interested to see the clash of these two pools coming together because you've got the uh, Asian and South American influence of of China, Japan, uh, Brazil, and Argentina going up against basically. Uh, we're not going to talk about Puerto Rico because you know they're just not they're just not good enough. But against the European teams of Italy. Belgium and Netherlands and I think that's where we're going to see maybe Japan and China get a little bit more exposed whereas Brazil might thrive a little bit more against the 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 Brazilian or the European team just in the way that the, the styles clash that is a very very good point and so now I mean I think that's enough about pool D some good matches there but I want to move on talk about these next couple groups so here's what we're looking at for the standing so far uh, this is group E and again at all the five matches from before they all carry over and the teams will play four more matches each, and after nine matches, the top four out of each eight uh, will make it to the round of eight. 
Uh, so here's what we're looking at points wise. I, I mean, I see this pool group or this group rather group E uh, with it, Italy is basically a shoe in. Uh, they've got enough of a cushion right now. And I still think that they're the best team in this pool. I expect them uh, to make it out. No problem. But then after that, you've got four teams, China, Belgium, Japan, and Brazil, all with 12 points right now. And uh most of them are going to play well. Belgium's going to have to play all three of those other teams, and I don't know if that's going to go particularly well for them. Uh, but I think it's an opportunity for Brazil to really separate themselves uh, from China and Japan based on uh, the matches against Italy and all the other European teams, like you said. Yeah, absolutely. I think for Brazil, they're they're really marking Belgium and Puerto Rico and the, and the Dutch uh, on their their calendars. Obviously, the showdown with Italy is is one that everyone wants, but I think it's probably going to be similar to the Serbia versus versus USA showdown, where by like most both teams are probably pretty confident that they can beat everyone else and qualify for the next round. And you know they they know that there's probably going to be another matchup between between these teams before this this tournament's done. And sure enough, uh, we get Italy versus Brazil first thing to kick off this pool uh, on, on Tuesday, kind of October 4th, when the, the, the second phase really gets underway. You've got Japan versus Belgium, uh, Netherlands versus Argentina, which I don't think is all that much worth watching. But then Italy versus Brazil, 11.15 uh, a.m. Eastern on Tuesday. Mark your calendars for that. That might be uh, the match that will define kind of how this group goes and probably the team in Brazil that has the best chance of beating Italy. Oh, yeah, hundred percent. If there's if there's one team that I think is is going to be able to beat Italy, like I don't see Japan and China be, being able to keep up the, the, the sustained pressure um, that Brazil can against Italy. Like I really want to see how Gabby plays uh, against her, her her future teammate in Agonu, right? So I think there's there's a, there's a lot of storylines there. I think if you're the Dutch, probably sucks because you're, you're a little bit on the outside looking in. Yeah. If you've been able to steal like even just one point. Uh, somewhere along there, you, you might have a better chance, but uh, um, unless they get, have, you know, really, really good, because like, hey, they could have great matches against China and in and, and Japan, and then just have Argentina left and go three and one in this stage. Um, but like, I, I guess we'll see. It, it really depends on how they use that home court advantage. But so far, we've seen it hasn't really, it hasn't really fulfilled anything, anything much for them. Yeah, both hosts, uh, the Netherlands and Poland, both going three and two. I expected maybe a little bit more. I'm um, looking through the rest of the schedule for uh, for this Group E. Let's put it up on the screen here. So yeah, starting off October fourth, a uh, big one there, Italy and Brazil. That's uh, this Tuesday, two days from now. If you're watching live, uh, October fifth, Italy, Japan should be pretty good. Um, not much really else. China will beat Puerto Rico, no problem. Uh, Belgium certainly should beat Argentina. Uh, October 6th, you got China and the Netherlands. It should be pretty good. Uh, you could argue that might be a must-win for the Netherlands if they're going to try and get out of here. Uh, I think it's then, a must-win for either team. Both teams, right? Yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, October 7th, uh, not much. Maybe Brazil, Netherlands uh, catches my eye that day. And then uh, October 8th, Italy, China's pretty good. Uh, Brazil, Belgium could be pretty good. Just a great battle of two outside hitters in uh, Gabi and Herbots. And then uh, last but not least, October 9th, uh, we'll figure everything out. Uh, Puerto Rico and Argentina will have been eliminated by that point, I'm certain. Japan, Netherlands could be good, and China, Belgium could be good. So a lot of of good matches. Kind of front-loaded, though, on Italy's side. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit front loaded. At the end of the day, I, I, I don't know the, the the matchup styles is is intriguing, but I just don't think you have you have less quality teams than the other pool. I'm really excited for Pool F. I, th- I think, or sorry, Group F. I think it's going to be 
interesting to watch. I think it's going to be a bloodbath, and whoever comes out of it is going to be is going to be hobbled a little bit. I totally agree. So before we move on to Group F and spend a little more time on it, what's your picks, Everett, for what four teams make it out of Group E? I mean, I think there's five main contenders. Which four teams do you see moving on to the round of eight? I'm going Italy, Brazil, uh, China, and Japan. Or no, sorry. Yeah, you know what? I'm going Italy, Brazil, China, and Japan. I think Brit Herbots, as much as I hate to say it, is probably going to lose some steam uh, here in the second round. Like, you can't tell me that you can do eight multiple eighty set matches. You know, you're getting eight set eighty plus times over a tournament like this. Like, yeah. she has to be tired right now. And not sure sustainable. It, it, it's 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 definitely it's definitely not sustainable. And both of those teams play a really steady ball control style. Right? It's not the the banging style. Uh, and 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 that that we see more from the european side so i think both uh, china and japan are going to have the upper hand against against belgium and against against the dutch uh and of course brazil is is going to push is going to is, is going to push to the top uh, as well um so yeah i think i think i'm going italy italy brazil china and japan my picks are the exact same as yours and i actually think i, th- I think in that order I think Italy, Brazil, China, Japan in that order. And that'll set up for uh, the, the crossovers for the, the round of eight, which we'll talk about on the next show, are, are actually within this group. It's first group E versus fourth group E, and then uh, second group E versus third group E. I, I need to double check and make sure that's right. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's exactly mm-hmm. how it is. So the, the quarterfinal matchups are drawn within the group. So one versus four and two versus three. So I could very well see uh, Italy, Japan, and then Brazil, China, uh, both w- w- which would both be rematches uh, walking out of this thing. But uh, I agree with you, Everett. Uh, Italy, Brazil, China, Japan, I think we're on the same page. Nice. Good. All right. Uh, let's talk about Group F because there's a lot more going on here. I, I totally re- agree with you. Uh, the quality top to bottom is way higher in this group. Uh, you don't have Puerto Rico and Argentina, who I expect should be free wins uh, for the teams in Group E. Uh, but even Canada and Germany uh, at the bottom of this pool and just per- both perception and the standings uh, are much more difficult outs than, than those other two teams in the other group. So it's going to be a lot harder for anybody to make it out of this pool. And we've got six teams just crazy. Six teams out of the eight already in double digits and points. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I think six teams, but they're also all, all so close as well, too. And especially like the weird situation with um, um, Thailand having more points or more wins than Dominican and, and all that. So I think that's why I think that this one, you know, maybe not for Germany, but I think Canada might have the opportunity if they can steal a couple of wins and get get, you know, full points they can jump get jump right back into it because there's not multiple teams up at 12 you only got one team with 12 points you don't have any team at 15 serbia is not too far away at 14 but i kind of see it as you've got usa and serbia and then just everyone else and as i said like this it's going to be a blood a bloodbath and it's really going to be between turkey thailand dominican poland and canada who's going to get through and that's why like every single match matters in 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 uh in this pool and to be honest like germany is not a gimme match either they're going to want to get there and even though they might even like at this point they might even mathematically out maybe not but certainly with only with only the two wins and that's the first criteria like that that puts them in a not so great spot but they're going to be that's not an easy out right so right i think they would have to go undefeated to have a chance germany and i I don't see that happening and canada uh 
I don't know. I don't think you could lose two matches. I think if Canada, no, you, you'd have one, to go three and one for sure. Yeah, I think you have to go three and one. So let's and, look at and, this again. And, just a reminder of who plays who. Uh, Group F, you've got the teams on the left side of the line Turkey, Thailand, Dominican Republic, and Poland, who already all played one another. Teams on the right side of the line Serbia, United States, Canada, Germany, already all played one another. So those are the crossovers. If your team is on one side of the line, you play the four teams on the other side of the line. And uh, yeah, look at the standings again. Uh, let's 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 look at the calendar. Actually, let's look at the calendar here. Uh, so uh, yeah, no easy outs anywhere in this pool. All these matches are going to be great. Starting off on Tuesday, uh, first thing in the morning, a 9 a.m. Eastern, Canada versus Thailand. Everett, tell me what you think about the Thailand matchup being one of the most unique and definitely the only team of that style in this pool. Yeah, they they really are. And it's really going to be as how much serving service pressure we we put on them. I think, to be honest, what I really enjoyed about watching this team Canada play, and in general, I think this is 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 true for the men and the women. And you know, when we we establish a kind of grinder style that just doesn't fall, and that's exactly what we saw in that match against Germany. So many of those rallies just kept on going and kept on going. Like, have to get a, a huge shout out to Pogani, the uh, the German libero, because she kept rallies alive, but so did did everyone in the canadian team i saw alexa gray playing defense i have to give an absolutely massive shout out to ariel palermo who's stepped in at, at uh in the libero position we saw mostly julia merman during the the vnl um and merman was fantastic but both but palermo's just a little bit older uh and i watched her quite a bit playing uh, playing in club for the halton volleyball club and i always thought that it was a shame that she didn't get picked up by a d1 school as a ds because she was always that perfect like firecracker who plays good defense passes well but she could bang balls in club like 18u was like a lot of fun watching her bang balls and seeing the way that she stepped up and just adds like a little bit more edge defensively uh has has been has been a huge asset for canada but i think that if we can weather the storm a little bit and play a steady enough game i don't think i think thailand serves strategically and less so with like a lot of pressure in terms of like pace and if we can solidify our serve receive and allow alexa and and kira to swing away like offensively we have the the advantage for sure but i think if we can just stay steady we might have a decent chance against thailand here i kind of agree with you it's good definitely going to come down to serving and passing because we've talked about the thai offense being lightning fast and i don't think that canada has the speed at the middle blocker position to keep up with a lot of those fast wing balls if they're in system a lot uh, but on the canadian side offensively you've got more firepower everywhere and if you can prepare yourself for the, the, the coaching matchup and the strengths and weaknesses and staying in system as much as possible. I, I definitely think there's a chance there and we're going to find would, out I first would, thing Tuesday. I would actually disagree with you. And, and I think that in terms of the secondary blocker position, like neither Jen Gross, Cross nor Jasmine White are fantastically fast at closing the block, but in that who's the M1 right now, Emily Maglio. And I mean, this is a girl who was one of the top blockers in the NCAA when she played at Hawaii. And she's been one of the top blockers in the past few years, uh, playing for Nulifer uh, in, in the Turkish league, league as well. She's someone who closes the block really, really well and really fast. And she also reads really, really well. So I do think we give it a little bit away in that M2 position. But in the M1 position, I think Maglio does a fantastic job at, at closing well. But also, like, got, we've got good pins. Like, Howe is a fantastic blocker for her size. Yeah. And then with Gray and Kira as well, and we We've even talked about pre getting those blocks as well. I think we set the block really well, and which is going to allow our middle. So it's 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 going to be interesting. 
Yep, so we'll see uh, Canada versus Thailand first thing Tuesday morning, followed by an all-North Sika matchup, uh, United States versus Dominican Republic, Turkey versus Germany, Serbia versus Poland. I mean, all four of those matches are bangers. <laughs> like, That's what are, I'm saying. Those are four great matches. Like, amazing. Then uh, it doesn't stop there. Wednesday, uh, Thailand, Germany. Uh, probably a must-win for the tie. Turkey versus Canada. I mean, revenge game for Turkey after Canada beat them um, at home in Calgary during VNL. Serbia, Dominican Republic. I mean, that could kind of be a trap game there. Honestly, Serbia doesn't. Serbia is the one team in this pool. It doesn't really have the urgency, and uh, I could easily see Dominican Republic stealing a couple sets from them. And then United States versus Poland. I, I, I like that matchup, but in Poland, you really never know. So four bangers there on Wednesday, also. Yeah, and I mean, even for that that Poland USA matchup, like Poland and and and, and Turkey and as well too are very similar to Serbia where they're very dependent on one hitter and we've seen the USA kind of struggle with that so far with Serbia so I, I think that those are going to be interesting especially the Poland matchup as you said in Poland right uh, moving on to October 7th which must be Thursday if I'm doing the math correctly or no wait no they're skipping it a day oh interesting okay so they're playing a Tuesday Wednesday nobody's playing Thursday they're skipping straight to Friday October 7th I'm not Entirely sure why. I guess just give everyone a day off. That's fine. Um, October 7th, Serbia versus Thailand will be a fascinating style counter for sure. Uh, United States versus Turkey should be good. Dominican Republic, Germany should be competitive. And Poland versus Canada is probably a must win for both teams. Absolutely. Right. You know, as we said, we got to go three and one. So, I mean, even better four and zero, but uh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely a must win. And uh, and at the end of the day, if you think if Poland loses to Canada at home like that, the World Championships, and that might be the dagger in the end of their tournament. It very well may be. Uh, and then last but not least, October eighth, United States versus Thailand, Serbia versus Turkey. That's a great matchup. Uh, Dominican Republic versus Canada, like you said, ever. That's a team that you girls know pretty well. And uh, Poland versus Germany, which I'm going to go ahead and call the Vital Heinen Bowl. Oh yeah, that that one should be good. Um, definitely for the Vita Heinen Bowl because you know that Polish fans are gonna. They, but I do feel like they like Vita Heinen. Actually, no, maybe I, they did. They did I'm before. not sure. I, th- I think they, he won them a world, anymore. Yeah, he won them a world championship, but then he threw away uh, an Olympic games for them. I, I think that there might be some hard feelings there from both sides. Yeah, but but for me, the fact that Canada and Dominican finished off the tournament, I absolutely love that. Right, because there's a potential that if one of these teams can send the other one home and move on or like, you know that there's going to be some types of implications at the end, even if there's not, even if both teams are, are relegated or moving on or whatever it may be, like these are two teams that have played each other a lot. And you know what, as much as the USA, like USA uh, Dominican rivalry has been really good over the years, the past few years, the Dominican versus Canada rivalry has been better because the, the USA has just been so far, so far beyond Dominican, and it's it's been a little bit closer. So I think that if if Canada's in a position to advance and has Dominican Republic ahead of them, uh, I think they feel really good about it. But on the flip side, if Dominicans in the position to advance and they have Canada in front of them, I also think I think too. they also yeah. feel really really good about it. So either way, I think that's going to be the best game to, to finish off on, and that's the one I'm most excited for 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 Team Canada in this in the second round. Huge passing of the torch potential game there for like the that that second best team in the North Seeker region. I mean, I don't think 
anyone's overtaking the United States in that continent anytime soon. But uh, Canada, a team on the rise. Dominican Republic, a team trying to hang on to a great generation. Very serious opportunity that if Canada can win that match, they can kind of grab that 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 prestigious or the, the I don't know the perception of where they're at in the in the continent in the world might really change if they can beat the Dominican Republic there. Yeah, I mean we've bumped up, jumped up to now to 15th in the world rankings. So things are moving for moving for this team right now. And I think getting to the second round was obviously the goal. We've done that first time since in in 40 years. Now it's, let's see how far we can run for it. And if we can do right, even if it would be to like just prevent the the DR from moving on, I think they would love that. Yeah, I think they would too. Uh, yeah, Canada up to 15th, Dominican Republic hanging on at ninth. Uh, man, there's a lot of really competitive stuff going on in the world rankings on the women's side. And I I don't know, do, does it feel to you, Everett, like 15th in the world on the women's side is more competitive than 15th in the world on the men's? I kind of feel like there's a bigger drop-off on the men's side than the women's side. Oh, absolutely, 100%. Right, like the, the quality of teams is is on the women's side is definitely deeper all the way through, right? If you're looking at like how many legitimate teams come, coming out of out of Asia, how many legitimate teams coming out of, out of North America, South America, um, and, and of course, Europe. There's, there's way more depth of talent uh, on the women's side, absolutely. So who are your picks for Group F? This is where I think it's going to get really, really interesting. What four teams do you have making it out of here? I'm going to go Serbia, USA, Turkey, and Canada. Okay. He's going, <laughs> he's going for the homer pick, which I absolutely love. Uh, I'm going to go Serbia, United States, Poland, and Turkey. I think I think Poland has a real chance to figure it out this week, and I think they will. And then I think Turkey grabs the last spot. I, I, I could see – let's see. Thinking about Turkey's matches, I, I, I think that they, they have, a, honestly, a really good chance to beat Serbia on Sunday, or it, maybe it's Saturday. Saturday, uh, the last day of this pool, Serbia, there's a great chance they're already going to have some something secured or locked up. I think Turkey will have more on the line at that point, and that might propel them to a bit of an upset. And I, I think that they will get revenge against Canada, unfortunately, Everett. I hate to pick that. Uh, I don't think they'll beat the United States. And then they've got one other one. Uh, Germany, I think they beat Germany. So I think there's a great chance Turkey goes 3-1 and one this week. Okay. Wow. And I and I think that I Poland, don't disagree. I don't disagree with that. I do think yeah. they're going to go two and two because they're going to lose to Canada. But I mean, <laughs> to each their own. Yeah, Poland. I think Poland's road is more difficult. They start off with Serbia and the United States in that order, uh, but then, yeah, man, I don't know. If, if if they win, if they win two games, we'll see if it's enough. Uh, I think it, I think that they will figure it out. And uh, so yeah, I've got Serbia, USA, uh, Turkey, Poland. And that'll set up for some pretty good, very good uh, round of eight matches. Yeah, I I fully agree. As I said, like this, this is when the tournament is for me. Like this is when things are getting exciting. Um, pool E is a bit mad, but Pool F is going to be a banger all the way through, and I know it's going to provide some drama. And then you know we're we're starting to run now, but then it's completely off to the races once we get to the quarterfinals, and then. It's no old barn, so that is I'm right. into it. Let's go. I'm into it. Let's go. Uh, great matches starting Tuesday morning. Uh, Everett, thank you very much for joining from the middle of absolute nowhere, freezing by a fire outdoors. That is the level of commitment that we have on this show. He's literally getting a roasted hot dog right now. <laughs> Incredible. I, lo- I love this so much. Uh, don't ever say we don't do anything for you, for you loyal viewers. Uh, <laughs> I love it, Everett. 
But if you're listening on audio, Everett is, is actively filming himself grilling a hot dog over an open flame. So uh, we're going to let him get back to doing what he's doing out in the great outdoors. Uh, thanks for watching, boys and girls. Uh, make sure you join the Volleyball Source Discord uh, to catch up or just follow along with the entire tournament. Uh, watch the matches this week, and the next show we will have for you will be next Sunday, a week from today on October 9th. And uh, Everett should be back indoors by then. Oh, we were doing so good the whole show before. Lost. Yeah, dude, we were doing so good the whole show. Your connection held up great up until the very end. I couldn't really hear much of that. Whatever. Uh, I, I, I think Everett deserves some kind of award for being a legendary trooper and uh, spitting, spitting takes on the show hotter than the fire that is next to him. So, uh, Everett, well done, my friend. Have fun out there. Uh, we will see you great people next Sunday. Enjoy the week of matches. Thanks for watching. Peace.